the aesthetics, the UI doesn't need to be great. We have to make sure users can connect quickly in real right. time with a good enough video quality. If you are connected and the picture or the video is extremely blurry or the, there's a lag in audio, then the most essential part of the product doesn't even work. And then there's no point in even talk about anything else. So for us, we really we identified the three most important things that work. Hi everyone, welcome to the Before the Clouds podcast, a podcast where we feature innovators, creators, influencers, and thought leaders and uncover how they got to where they are today. Do you remember Chat Roulette? If not, Chat Roulette was a very popular website back in the day. Basically, you would chat with friends on the internet that you did not know. If you liked the person, you could continue the conversation. If you did not like the person, you would just skip to the next friend. Well, on today's episode, we're featuring Alan Lowe. Alan is the co-founder of Hala and Monkey. This is a top 10 USA social media app that is very similar to Chat Roulette on the desktop, except it's on the mobile app. So in this episode, we're diving into how Ad Allen quickly created and gained traction for his mobile product, his failures that he had to experience, and ultimately, advice on how others can get started in the mobile app space. Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome back to Before the Clouds. Today I am here with my friend Alan. Hey Alan, guys. Please introduce yourself. Hey guys, my name's Alan. Uh, one of the founders of Hala Group, uh, also head of Monkey. Uh, Monkey is currently uh, one of the top social apps for Gen Z in the US. We're social top five in the US, top 10 in the UK, and top five in Australia. Uh, we have about 10 million users uh, with generating more than 3 million matches so far. That's a lot, right? Yeah. So the purpose of this podcast is to hear more about you know your struggles before you got the millions of users you currently have. So why don't we like take it back to when you first started? Um, like, how did it start? Like the app journey. So my entrepreneurial experience has started a long time ago. Uh, I've been in the startup business for about ten years. Uh, my first venture is actually not tech related. I did a frozen yogurt shop back in Taiwan. Um, we created about 15 stores and opened internationally, which kind of Malaysia. But the early days was extremely hard. Like you have to do a lot of grunt work uh, because you don't have the resources to hire the right talent to help you out. So you really have to dive in uh, and put in the work yourself. So for one of the things I put is I always tell uh, anyone that asks about the entrepreneur story, uh, in the early days of my frozen yogurt business, uh, we had to do the incubation over ourselves. Yeah. And we opened stores till pretty late around, close around 11 p.m. to midnight. Yeah. And after we uh, closed the shop, you know, we have to create the yogurt for the next day. So we would actually go into this little dungeon in the basement yeah. uh, when we first started. Uh, we make yogurt till like four in the morning. We go home and we sleep for like a couple hours. We come back out and then we open the shop the next day. It got to the point where it was so bad, we literally just laid out milk powder bags on the floor. Uh -huh. and we slept in the dungeon just to have a little bit more sleep, catch another extra 30 minutes of sleep. So yeah, I mean, just rough, gotta rough it out. In the early days, uh, you gotta do what you gotta do. For Hala, um, I think when we first started, 
It was back in Beijing, China. Uh, just seven or eight of us in a really small apartment. Yeah. And what year was this? This was back in 2016. In the okay. year 2016. Fairly recent. Fairly recent. And for the earlier versions of Hala, there were a lot of users. And as you guys know, Hala is a random video chat app. So what we do is we connect users through video chat. And that requires users to be live online, yeah. ready to participate in video chat. So the participation effort is a little bit high, right? So in early days of Hala, we had the same three users using the app over and over again. So imagine you on the app, you try to match with people, go through the rounds, and then every three or four guys you see the same guy again because they're yeah. the users. And to kind of break that zero to one, we had to spend a lot of effort to uh, pick and choose our battles and focus on some of the strategies, strategies that really work. Even see some of the uh, earlier users ourselves asking our friends and family yeah. on the app. Um, so yeah, you just gotta go out there and gotta hustle, you gotta put in the work. How long did it take for you to make the first version of Paolo? So the first version, uh, the MVP took us probably three or four months uh, and it was barely usable. Right? Uh, I think the most important thing is to identify what are the most important features that you need to get right for your product? Right. The things that really do matter and cut out everything else because early on you don't have that much resources, you can't get it perfect. And that's what an MVP stands for, right? A minimum viable product yeah. or a minimum valuable product, some people might call it. Um, and you got have to identify what really works for users. For us, because the video chat app, the only thing that needs to be uh, working is the video chat part, mm -hmm. right? So the aesthetics, the UI doesn't need to be great. We have to make sure users can connect quickly in real right. time with a good enough video quality. If you are connected and the picture or the video is extremely blurry or the, there's a lag in audio, then the most essential part of the product doesn't even work. Then there's no point to even talk about anything else. So for us, we really we identified the three most important things that work first, that were that were critical to make our product work, and we focused really hard on those three things and to make sure that those three things are perfect. Everything else will kind of just cut out. Right. Now, if I'm starting an app, you know, it, it's hard to find developers. I'm sure in your case, like it wasn't easy, right? No, no. One of the that was one of the hardest parts. Right. Um, I think for us. Um, so Paula Group is, is my, my third venture. Uh, my second venture, Vocino, is also a tech company. It's, it's yeah. a social company. And we, none of the founders knew anything about tech. Like none of us are coders, or none of us had a tech background. Yeah. And we had to hire uh, externally. And it was one of the most frustrating things because as you know, a tech company, uh, if none of the founders even know about tech, it's very hard to know which direction or how to come up with solutions uh, for your users. Uh, and when you hire, when you bring in external employees and whatnot, you know, they're not the actual founders of the company. It's very hard for them to devote 150% for the product, right? And they, sometimes they'll say like, hey, I just can't do this. I need four extra weeks or whatever. And you have no way to kind of like say, hey, you know, I think we can do a better solution or we can do a better solution to fix this. So for Hollow Group, I think for us, one of the most important things is we started with a few founders that had uh, a pretty good tech background. Mm -hmm. So they were able to kind of work out some tech solutions uh, ahead of time to make sure that we're coming up with the best solution, uh, the most optimal and the most, with highest ROI, highest efficiency. Right. Really Where do you get money uh, to start? Because I'm sure people are wondering like if they have an idea, how do you get that first concept out if you, you don't have any money? Um, you just have to bootstrap. Uh, I, I think for, uh, depends on the business. If yeah. you are in 
the B2B business, as in you're creating a software for business and enterprises, for example, and eventually want them to pay revenue, yeah. uh, then that's one thing, right? If you want to go in for the consumer side, that's another thing. And in consumer, it, it, like for Hala and Monk, for example, uh, it's free early on uh, as a social app. Um, some consumer apps does require payment, uh, whether it's subscription, like Tinder, yeah. or e-commerce. So you have, to, you have to really identify um, the strategy for your, your, your product early on. And I think for, for anyone to start, you have to bootstrap. You just have to go in with understanding like, hey, you know, we don't have a lot of money to pay high-level yeah. employees, so we have to kind of just do it ourselves. Yeah. Um, you have to bootstrap it. Again, identify your most critical barrier of entry and bottlenecks could be time. So identify the two or three things that's most pertinent to your product right. and make sure you do those things perfectly. Okay. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what was like your biggest struggle with Hala where you almost, not quit, but you felt like you were on that kind of like ledge? Oh yeah, oh man. Like um, I think for us, the biggest hurdle, well there are two things. One is the zero to one, right? As I mentioned earlier. What does one mean? One means like you, you have a little bit of traction, you got some okay. right? Like a thousand users? Uh, a thousand or 10,000, depends on okay. your product. For us, it was 10,000 users. Um, How long did that take? So it took us a couple months, um, but the thing is, the the growth wasn't a steady incline. It wasn't like yeah, it's a hundred users every day. It was like let's say two months, right? For the first month, month and a half, maybe yeah. we were stuck around a thousand users. Right. But the last two weeks, we shot up to ten thousand, which looked quickly because we no got paid few, marketing. Right? No, it was zero paid marketing because we knew we got a few things right. So you have to do a lot of tweaks, and when you hit that uh, critical point or, or that tipping point, you're gonna see. A very dramatic uptick in your growth. Mm-hmm. That's when you know you made those uh, proper bets. Uh, so yeah, so for us, 10,000 users for the first KPI because uh, for you to be able to match with anyone, you gotta have users live on the platform, yeah. right? Otherwise, uh, you can come on the platform, there's nobody on here, the app is not even usable, right? So the zero to one was the, one of the biggest hurdles for us early on. Um, the second thing that was really hard for us was overcoming the stigma and creating a safe environment for our users. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Hala and Monkey, you can almost think of us as uh, early days of chat-led, but not mobile. Right? Yeah. Um, but it has grown so much more since then. Um, and with chat-led or Mango, there's always the stigma of you know inappropriate content on the platform. Yeah. And that was one of the things we definitely made it our mission to overcome early on. Yeah. To make sure we facilitate and moderate the the platform to yeah. really ban the users who are inappropriate. So what we did was, you know, we had to think of a really smart and accurate and efficient approach to fix this problem. So how do we do that? You know, early on, we had to um, team up with uh, content moderation teams with UI visual recognition software, uh, third party. We don't train it ourselves. It takes take a long time with yeah. a lot of data. So we just find the best one out there to kind of help us create the algorithm, help us identify and moderate our, our platform. Um, that actually does a lot of time and energy. Obviously, really early on, we didn't, when we didn't have the ability to afford this, we had to kind of do the moderation ourselves. Yeah. So I still remember the really early days when we are you know, flagging and monitoring the, all the chats ourselves, um, we had to see a lot of unity. Yeah. <laughs> and there was, sure. and it was during Chinese New Year, you know, none of us took breaks. We, we worked 24 seven. Um, the founders, uh, the founding team, we, we, we rotated and we took turns just moderating the platform to make sure we are 
banning these inappropriate uses as quickly as possible. Yeah, because um, if they get out, then it's bad at PR. Exactly, right? exactly. And, and, and you know, these users, they are influencing not just themselves, but other users too, right? Yeah. So imagine a new user coming on their platform, they hear for a good experience, and then they're exposed to inappropriate content as the first batch. Right. Then they're churning all these new users. So it's really, really important for us to make sure we facilitate uh, the community while um, for these new users, so so they stay and they're retained uh, and not churn due to other bad users. Um, so you know, early days we just had to do it ourselves. We got yeah. to go through the rounds, and as um, our our team grew a little bit bigger, the tech became more robust. Uh, our visual recognition software became more accurate. We slowly automated the whole process to make sure that we have a high efficiency in turn in, in, in gaining these users in real time. Mm -hmm. So essentially, it, it took some time to like learn, right? Yeah, yeah, and. I want to dig a little bit into like your personal struggle because you mentioned a lot about your team struggle, but now let's hear like stuff that you have to sacrifice in order to get to where you are today. Like, what's something that most people don't know about uh, you? I think to be an entrepreneur, you have to have a few um, personality traits. For example, you have to be tenacious. You have to have a lot of grit. Um, you have to love what you do. You have yeah. to sincerely believe. Uh, in the drive to change or to create. Yeah, I think for entrepreneurship, it's not for everyone. You have to give a lot of sacrifices. Like, what, what sacrifice did you have to give uh, personally? Like, what, so, what battle scars did you gain? Definitely, there's opportunities and time, right? So, yeah. when I first graduated, there were a lot of opportunities for me to take on uh, to join a corporate company, for example, right? With a uh, six digit salary uh, as a 21 year old, uh, yeah. has a decent amount of money, right? right? But I had to give those up, right? Things changed for virtually minimum pay. Uh, I still tell the story of my early days when I did Frozen Over Startup. I was living off of one little Chinese bun per day, really? every day for six months. Wow. Because. Uh, was this after college? It was right after college. My parents cut me off because they wanted oh. to really test my determination to be an entrepreneur. So because you had the six figure offers and I'm sure they were yeah. like, what are you doing? Yeah, there and as, as a Chinese parent, you know, like, hey, we, you know, have this American education we'll provide you with this American education and yeah. instead of going out and getting salary, now you're paying salary yeah. to people. And it was two, 2008, it was during the financial crisis. So, uh, so that was, they were like, what are you doing? You're crazy, right? And yeah. to really uh, test our determination, they cut both me um, and my partner and his parents cut, cut both of us off. Wow. So we were living off of you know the minimum amount of money we had. Uh, we raised a tiny, tiny bit of money. And literally, we were feeding ourselves one Chinese bun a day. Which is like a dollar a day? A dollar a day. Uh, for, oh. Maybe even 50 cents a day for, for six months. We did that. Where did you sleep? We slept in this one tiny, tiny studio apartment. Not even a one bedroom, studio apartment. My, my partner and I, uh, yeah, we just, slept on the floor and wow. we really, really grinded it out. But, you know, I think that's one of the most valuable times as an entrepreneur because you really learn to appreciate the value of money. It forces you to look inward to determine if this is the lifestyle uh, that is set up for you, that you're yeah. ready for. And if you think at the end of the day, what you're doing, you still strongly believe in that you love that drive to create value. Yeah. You know, that is what's going to make a difference and what it's gonna separate you apart from those people that are just testing it out and versus the ones that are listening to say like, hey, I really don't wanna create a company. Yeah. A lot of people say like, hey, you know, I'm born in my corporate job, so maybe I should just start a company. That's not the right reason to do it. You have to really believe in what you're doing. Otherwise, yeah. you know, if you're just testing it out, you're, you won't be cut out for it. Yeah, and I can see like the tenacity that people need in order to succeed because in your case, it took you eight or nine years before you started seeing 
real traction, right? Right. Because now you guys have raised like millions of dollars. You're highly valued, and uh, it's, it's just like good, good to see. Yeah. Yeah. So Definitely. to wrap this up, um, what's a final piece of advice that you would have to offer to, I guess, somebody who wants to leap into the app world, but they have no funding or any idea what to do. They just have an idea. So I think for I think this goes for anyone that wants to start a company. Uh, let's, let's stick to apps. Uh, so, stick to apps. Okay. Yeah. So for for app companies, um, you really have to find your edge. Don't worry about finding solutions that can't scale, that won't scale. Yeah. Just worry about if you're creating a solution that no one is doing as well as you. I think that's critically important. You have to offer some kind of value right. uh, where they can get elsewhere. So for example, uh, for Holland and Monkey, what are they offering for users? So we connect users through video chat. It's not just random video chat. Mm -hmm. What we do is we have determined to utilize video chat as the main form of communication to connect users. Why? Because when, you, when we provide video chat, you gain so much more from this conversation. Yeah. It's a lot more engaging, a lot more authentic, a lot more information can be relayed in a much shorter amount of time. And that is just a trend uh, as, as, as an internet grows, as technology grows, that's just a trend. Just like video content is being consumed far more than, let's say, uh, photo image content or yeah. even text content. I mean, it's just the way that the, the industry is moving towards. Yeah. So when we have an idea, you have to make sure that you don't just have like a bonus on top of something that exists already. It has to be really, really good, right? Don't worry about it if you have to put in a lot of hard work and manual labor. Just yeah. make sure that whatever solution you're providing, other people can do. Yeah. And that your and then the your your users or your customers are returning the platform yeah. because you're so good at it. Once you still have once you get that, uh, that's when you you can almost say like, hey, I found product market fit. Yeah. Right? My solution and a user pain point fits extremely well yeah. and I'm doing this better than anybody else. That's when you can go out and start looking for a little bit of funding for angel round, for cedar, and whatever it may be. Yeah. And then you can slowly grow your team elsewhere. Right? Yeah. Um, I think so. The most important thing is make sure you have a solution that no one else is providing yet. Awesome advice, Alan. How do people get a hold of you? Uh, you guys can reach me at Holla at uh, sorry, Alan at Holla World. That's A L L E N at Holla H O L L A dot World W R L D. Just shoot me an email. Love to connect, guys. All right. Thanks, guys. And that's a wrap. <laughs>